June 10, 2016. Thanks to Rob Maluth and his visit to Mount Calvary School this week, we have some new photos from inside and out. Hope you enjoy them and we will see you tomorrow, June 12, 2016 at the special 1030 Mass to honor the students and Mount School for its long and honorable service through providing high academic curricula and strong spiritual, community, and citizenship values to thousands of children who pass through its doors on their ways to successful and fulfilling lives. The high volume of positive comments and posts about everlasting memories are a testament to its 66 years in existence. We truly will miss its demise, but will always cherish our memories of the family and friends we came to be. This slideshow requires JavaScript. May 9, 2016 It's very inspiring to see the number of comments and articles by others due to the word of mouth about Mount Calvary's closing. Here's another, this time, written by former student John Nagy, who is now editor of The Pilot, out of Moore County, North Carolina. The school of my youth, can it really be closing? Pennsylvania Avenue runs by the White House and Capitol Hill, but if you follow the road southeast about 8 miles, past the I-495 Capitol Beltway, it runs into Forestville, Maryland, the pilot.com vertical bar by John A. Nagy. Dash. An event has been created. Since this post, Mount Calvary has added a farewell mass and reception event to be held Sunday, June 12th. Please check it out at the link above. Dash. A sad goodbye to our old friend, mentor, life coach, and comforter. On Monday, April 18, 2016, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Archdiocese of Washington, Mr. Bill Ryan, Mount Calvary Pastor Father Everett Pearson and Mount Calvary School Principal Mrs. Darcy Tomko held a community meeting for students and their parents to announce the permanent closing of Mount Calvary School at the end of the 2015-16 school year citing enrollment and deficit concerns. On Tuesday, April 19, 2016, Marco J. Clark, President and CEO of Bishop McNamara High School publicized the closing announcement on its website. Next came a flurry of messages, remembrances and discussions among the nearly 1,000 Mount Calvary parents and alumni who are members of the Mount Calvary Catholic School Alumni Forestville, MD Facebook public group, of which I am a member. The very first moment I learned of NCS's closure I felt compelled to blog about a school and church community that had been such a big part of so many families' lives. My husband graduated from there in 1958. Bob most remembers Senior Bernadette from 1957. She was short but feisty. He says, boys being boys, we used to torment her and when the boys would get her goat, she would scream, you damn boys. On one occasion her false teeth fell out, hit a student's desk, and then hit the floor and the whole classroom erupted in laughter. The teen drama club played a big part in his life and from the mid-1970s until the early 1990s our three children attended the school and we attended the church, participated in and volunteered in the teen club and SIO sports programs, fundraisers, drama club, etc. And when laid off from the printing industry one year, Bob worked in the school as part of its maintenance crew. My parents were church members too and my brothers and sons were altar boys. Individual families with school-aged children did life together as one large family there for the betterment of their community and individual families. Just a few of the family names that stick out in our minds, as involved community leaders, Mamano, Piazza, Mazzullo, all with their fair share of children, Antonio, Mundell, Dassault, Butler, Palmer, Arena, Breslin, Vestpoint and so many more that I apologize to those whose names I may have inadvertently omitted. As evidenced as you read through this post, 
Many who attended Mount Calvary will always remember and be grateful to the faculty and staff who cared for and taught them or their children even several decades later the impressions, situations, and names stay firmly embedded in their hearts and brains. Background Mount Calvary School before 1961 when the new church was built. Mount Calvary Catholic School, MCS, first opened its doors on September 10, 1950, to 404 students from what grew into five local church parishes, Mount Calvary and Holy Spirit Churches in Forestville, St. Bernardine's in Suitland, Holy Family in Hillcrest Heights, and St. Philip's in Temple Hills, Maryland. Its mission has always been to provide an environment that fosters spirituality and growth in faith, an educational program that builds academic success, leadership that promotes strong character, and a love for service to others. Upon its opening, it had eight classrooms, a principal's office, a health center, and a large multi-purpose room on the upper level that became known as the Blue Room. The Blue Room was a place on inclement weather days where students would gather for recess. In the basement was a similar multi-purpose room called the Lower Hall. While construction was underway for the new church both rooms were soon used as temporary spaces for masses on Sundays and holy days. Due to a rapidly growing and overflowing church community, both auditoriums had standing room only at staggered mass times. The new church was opened in 1959. Later, the lower hall was used for special events and weekly bingo games. The overcrowding at masses required men of the church to direct traffic in and out of the parking lot and parking spaces to and from Marlboro Pike. In the late 1960s Mount Calvary's parish was split into three parishes requiring the building of St. Bernardine's in Suitland and Holy Spirit on Ritchie Road in Forestville. Mount Calvary School was the first construction on the future campus that housed the church, school, rectory, convent, and Bishop McNamara High School next door. The original and first Catholic church in Forestville a frame church that was painted white and built in 1912. The Little White Church was located to the left and just behind today's rectory. The Little White Church was used as classroom space that included a fourth-grade male-only classroom, known as the Boys' Academy, Boy Scout meetings, music lessons, and teen club gatherings. It was accidentally set afire by careless smokers and burned down in the 1970s. School Choir, Inside the Little White Church, 1957 Bishop McNamara High School for Boys opened its doors for the school year 1964-65. It converted to a co-ed school in 1992 when neighboring La Reine Catholic High School for Girls in Suitland closed its doors. In 1961, MCS's peak school population included 19 sisters who ministered to 1,601 students. Most of Mount Calvary's alumni testify that in spite of having 90 students in a classroom, they received an excellent education. I just can't fathom the odds against excellence with that many faculty, students, and personalities together all day in what many would consider a small school. Surely God was busily at work there, too. Today, Mount Calvary's enrollment is a mere 155 students and it serves a vastly different student population than it did at its beginning 67 years ago. Only one-third of the student body is Catholic and 99% are African American. These demographic changes over the past six decades are representative of the local Prince George's County community. The all-lay faculty and staff today includes eight full-time teachers, a full-time technology coordinator slash resource aide, and part-time teachers in the following areas, art, music, physical education, and Spanish. The support staff includes two instructional aides, a receptionist, and a tuition bookkeeper. 
The administration consists of the pastor, the principal and the assistant principal who also serves as the parish director of religious education and the director of the school's extended care program. Beginning in the mid-1970s, many of our families, senior parents and their children alike, migrated further south to counties such as Anna Arundel, Calvert, Charles, and St. Mary's. As for my parents, they are frail at ages 87 and 88 but insist on living independently, well semi-independent, in their home in Berkshire that our family moved into in October 1960, 56 years ago. Mount Calvary's leader of progress and excellence for 40 years. Monsignor Peter Paul Rakowski. Reverend Monsignor Peter Paul Rakowski, 1897-1982 Monsignor Pete, as he was called, served as pastor of Mount Calvary Church from 1942 and was pastor emeritus at the time of his death on March 4, 1982. When he first became pastor, he lived with the elderly sisters who owned the house and the property where Bishop McNamara High School now stands. He used to say the sisters were shocked because he took a bath once a week. Apparently, something about the bathing standards in those days, it was his wish to be buried at his home where he had lived and worked the majority of his life, and so he was. Just behind the rectory on the land where the little white church had once stood. There, a prayer garden was also built in his honor. Father Pete was the leader of progress and excellence for the church and the school for forty years longer than any other priest who had resided there. Everyone loved him and his storytelling, for which he was also known. In May 1973, 50th years after his ordination as a priest, our parish family and honored guests celebrated with him at his anniversary jubilee. This was one of the biggest and most festive events our family recalls. Monsignor Pete loved to brag about his school and its student population. He also worked with financially struggling parishioners to define payment plans to help them pay for their children's school tuitions. Before going to diocesan pastors' meetings, Father Pete would regularly call the principal, Sister Gabrielle, to see how many kids were enrolled that day. In recent Facebook posts, more than one alumni commented that they thought Senior Gabrielle did not like them and that the sisters of the day were tough. Patrick McDonald in 2010 posted there that Senior Gabrielle scared the heck out of everyone. If we had to walk past her office, it was fast-paced and eyes straight ahead. If Senior Gabrielle was in the hallway when we went to or from recess, we all hugged the wall on the opposite side or, at least I did. Patrick Morissette in 2011 posted, I still have a scar on my right thumb from a metal-edged ruler where she whacked me. Not everyone remembers his name and many still call him the young priest, but those who knew him will always remember these are two of our favorites from our Mount Calvary family life, Father Donald P. Vorsch and Monsignor Pete. Here they are in Hawaii in October 1974 on a Mount Calvary-sponsored trip. Young and old, they were definitely among the chosen ones. Their love of children and families stood out. Father Vorsch in all his humility, and bold and passionate, Monsignor Pete. Father Vorsch is retired and in residence at Our Lady of Mercy Catholic Church. 9200 Kensdale Drive, Potomac, Maryland 20854 Dwarch at Olum.org The school sisters of Notre Dame fully staffed Mount Calvary from 1950 to 1961. Angie Lambertham posted on April 21, 2016, I graduated in 1967. I'm wondering if the discipline changed once the nuns were no longer there. Who remembers the hand slaps with a wooden paddle for not doing homework or worse? Spankings were a normal punishment, chewing gum was stuck on our noses, and, the milkshake events. If these things took place in today's schools, the nuns would have been jailed. No wonder they could teach 60-plus kids in small classrooms. 
November 22, 1963. The day that President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas, by Lee Harvey Oswald student, Jim Jenkins, 14 years old at the time, still remembers it well from his perspective as an 8th grader at Mount Calvary. Greater than Sister Norman was called to the door of our classroom by another teacher. Then Sister Norman let out a gasp, Oh no, please Lord. Greater than. Greater than Sister immediately turned back into our classroom and began to set up the classroom television that was on a tall stand with wheels, we always had to adjust the antenna to get the reception right. We all began watching Walter Cronkite talk us through the reports filtering out of Parkland Hospital in Dallas. I remember Sister started to cry and asked that we begin to recite the rosary. Greater than. Greater than soon the principal, Sister Gabrielle, announced over the loudspeaker that local government officials were declaring a state of emergency and were asking that students be dismissed from school and returned to their homes as soon as possible. Greater than. Greater than I remember walking home with my brother and we saw police and military vehicles beginning to take up positions at intersections along Pennsylvania Avenue, which extended out into Prince George's County toward nearby Andrews Air Force Base, the destination of Air Force One with the body of John Kennedy. Then, we saw our mother walking toward us. We could clearly see that she had been crying. She took us by our hands and we walked quietly home together. Schools were closed for about a week and everyone remained solemn, and watched the news and events unfold as they happened. MC's kids consistently scored high on the various tests used to measure scholastic excellence. Its curriculum and community life standards were very high so much higher than the public schools that many non-Catholic families started enrolling their children at Mount Calvary. And, MC's students regularly outscored other archdiocesan schools on their high school entrance exams. Much of the students' comprehensive knowledge, retention, and test-taking skills can be attributed to the full-time teachers and committed staff and volunteers who worked with students after school and in the evenings, especially Mrs. Mary Cronin. 1920-2011, who taught 20 years at Mount Calvary, 1966-1986, until she retired to Heritage Harbor in Annapolis, Maryland. Mrs. Heron taught math all day and then with Mr. Larry O'Callaghan, tutored the advanced math teams for many, many years. Sister Elizabeth Sokol was the school's principal when our children began there in 1974. She always has been a great person and our kids tell us that she ran a tight ship. By the time our eldest son graduated 8th grade in 1980, Mr. Bill Clancy was principal. Center in this 2010 picture, Senior Elizabeth is with Jane Parham, left, and Carol Page, right. In 1989, former student Scott Gilder wrote and produced a very successful musical looking back on Broadway, whose cast sang and danced their way in the Blue Room to a three-times packed auditorium in mid-October. The performers, musicians and stage crew were alumni young and older, a couple of staff, family members and friends, Frank Antonio, Mary Mundell Boyce, Bob Dickinson, Kat Butler, Scott Gilda, Connie Germain, Rob Isley, Jennifer Dickinson McDaniel, Joe Morrison, David Neal, Lloyd Unsel his daughter Erin Unsel Williams, and Glenn White. David Neal passed away on May 22, 2011. David's performances as Skimbleshanks the railway cat from the Broadway play Cats embodied Skimbleshanks as played by some of the best Broadway performers. David was a graduate of DeMatha High School and Brown University, founder of Black Lavender Resources, and co-founder and editor-in-chief of Black LGBT Art Report. John Patrick Sullivan, April 22, 2016 posted, My dad and I worked on the boiler system. About a decade ago I did a heating survey on the steam heating system. 
There was no central air system to evaluate. The heating system had all but given up the Holy Ghost. Replacing everything with individual classroom heat pumps was looked at but the electrical system was not large enough to make the upgrade. Mary Vesey Clark on April 20, 2016 posted, There was no AC in the church or the school. School always smelled like sour milk, and that stuff the janitors threw on the floor to sweep up sickness and spills. Milk was delivered to each classroom in the morning and sat on the floor in cases until lunchtime, Washingtonian Magazine's Washingtonian of the Year 2012, Monsignor John Ensler for pioneering programs for the forgotten. Some of Monsignor John Ensler's most important work began at kitchen tables. As a parish priest in Potomac, he met in a private home with several parents whose children had developmental disabilities, and he realized that the Catholic Church's efforts to support them weren't sufficient. Ensler and the parents started Potomac Community Resources, a constellation of 35 programs that now helps more than 500 people with disabilities and their families. He's now CEO of Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Washington, a job he took in 2011 during what he calls the perfect storm of shrinking government and philanthropic resources. And growing community needs. He relishes his role in marshalling resources, everything I've done has been in preparation for this job. I want to be a change agent for people whose lives are a daily struggle for food, shelter, and clothing. And, this was the Father John Ensler that our family knew when he was pastor at Mount Calvary. My daughter Jen and I served on a small team of parishioners who were concerned about drug and alcoholism in our families and neighbors. We worked to raise awareness about drug and alcoholism and partnered with other religious ministries to help combat these issues. Monsignor Michael D. Tecchia Farina, age 86, passed away after a brief illness on February 10, 2010. As he remarked during his last illness, I have lived a rich life. When asked why he chose to minister in the nation's capital, Father Farina quipped, well, that's where all the sinners are. Father Farina is fondly remembered by parishioners from Holy Family Parish, Hillcrest Heights, as well as St. Thomas Apostle in Washington. In 1966 he was named the founding pastor of Holy Spirit Parish, Forestville, Maryland, where he built the present church. He became pastor of Mount Calvary in 1974. While at Mount Calvary he spearheaded a cookbook fundraiser because of his love of cooking one of the fine arts, as he was known to say. For all his accomplishments, he earned the title of Monsignor in 1984. Some personal thoughts from my children. We had to carry their own lunches to school because Mount Calvary didn't prepare or sell them. Although once a month special hot dog luncheons were offered. We would scoff them up because the smell of them cooking was to die for and this once a month at school treat made them taste the very best. First Fridays were Krispy Kreme donut days. Free dress day was another fun time. Occasionally, students could wear regular clothes instead of their uniforms. Mom didn't know this until now, but I would sneak into her closet and borrow high heels. I would put them in my book bag and when I arrived before school started I would switch shoes. My very first job was selling school supplies out of the little closet outside of the girls' lower-level bathroom. Morning recess was 10.10 10 to 10.30 and a buzzer, not a bell, sounded to let us know when recess started and was ending. Thing is, this buzzer even during summer months when school was not in session buzzed at 10.10 and 10.30. On the upper level of the school, students were privileged to carry and ring the bell to indicate class changes. I was so excited the day it was my turn. In fifth grade, girls got to switch from jumpers to skirts. Peggy Guy shared this picture on August 26, 2012. My sister Mary Lou Bradburn Morosky. She's the one to the far right, 
with Ginger Bradburn Meissner in the center and me on the left. Looks like it's Ginger's very first day of school at Mount Calvary with her ID tag pinned to her uniform. This picture was taken in front of our house on Incy Street in Berkshire. Oh, and we knew just how cool we were when we advanced enough to transition from recess in the back of the school to recess in the front. We would sit along the brick wall or hang on the fence that was between McNamara and Mount Calvary. Sister Paulana was one tough cookie. Others have talked about Senior Paulana threatening girls with stories about getting cancer in their bottoms if they sat on those cold and damp walls. Article from today's Catholic Teacher Journal, CA. 1980. Adelaide Keogh and Carol Page selected and directed many, many, many school plays with choreography by Dottie Herbert. Mrs. Keogh passed away on December 22, 2007. She taught for 26 years at Mount Calvary and co-led the drama club. The sets and costumes were amazing too. Don Woods and her husband Frank led the teen club for many years and somehow always smiled. Let's also remember our very caring nurse for many years, Mrs. Newman. Mount Calvary alumni Dee Butler and her sisters Pat and Kat, along with Jenny Stepanek coached girls softball and soccer. An alumni dinner dance was held in the Blue Room in the 90s. Brother Francis always had a coin or pouch to give away. Brother Francis Michael Sullivan, CSC died on Saturday, June 9, 2012 at Archcare's Ferncliff Nursing Home after a long illness. Brother Francis was 78 years old and was member of the Congregation of Holy Cross for 58 years. He taught in schools in New York, Massachusetts, Delaware, Maryland, and New Jersey. Mrs. Heron taught math all day and led the math club at night and you knew when she was coming down the hall by the sound of her necklaces. Mrs. Keogh's shoes made an identifying rhythm as she walked down the hall. Mrs. Dixon kept the boys in line and provided wise counsel to many. Use only blue or black ink, in Mrs. Pyatt's English class no other colors permitted. I uploaded Mrs. Pyatt's picture from a 1995-96 class picture. At the time, she was Mount Calvary's vice principal, serving with Mr. Bill Clancy who was principal. Mr. Clancy served over 20 years in the United States Air Force logging over 10,000 flight crew hours, with service to his country in the Korean and Vietnam Wars, and with the Strategic Air Command and Operation Looking Glass. He also served over 40 years in Catholic education for the Archdiocese of Washington Schools. Bill, a graduate of the University of Maryland, served as a classroom educator and as an administrator at several schools, including principal at Mount Calvary Catholic School, Forestville, Maryland, and assistant principal at St. Mary of the Assumption School, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Dear to his heart was implementing chapters of the National Junior Honor Society at both schools, because it recognized students for both academic achievement and stellar personal character. Although he loved teaching math, Bill's passion was teaching religion. A devout Catholic, Bill was committed to nurturing the faith of his students and encouraging them to manifest their faith each and every day by living as Christ. Father George Golden passed away from cancer on November 13, 2005. He was pastor of Mount Calvary in this 1995-96 school year picture. Mrs. Phyllis Dennant had beautiful handwriting and kept the library in order and a fun place to get a book and begin reading. Be sure to turn your book in on time. Mr. Clancy handed out every report card and would have a chalk line on his clothes from where he leaned against the chalkboard ledge. Mrs. Mary Ann Josephine Arena, June 25, 1942, December 9, 2013, School Office Administrator, knew every student and helped keep everyone organized. Mary Mundell Boyce taught music and led the worship team during Mass. 
She shared the lyrics for the Mount Calvary School song that she and her husband, Bill, wrote in honor of Catholic Schools Week in 1981. The theme that year was tradition and inspired the following. Greater than verse 1, Mount Calvary, we hold you dear. Greater than. Greater than your green and gold throughout the year. Greater than remind us of our friends and times we've spent. Greater than we are proud of all you represent. Greater than Mount Calvary, Mount Calvary may you forever be. Greater than a symbol of our Christian love and friends in unity. Greater than. Greater than verse 2, you've helped us to begin our life. Greater than in unity with a Christian light. Greater than you give us what we need to make our way. Greater than on the road of life in every day. Greater than Mount Calvary, Mount Calvary may you forever be a symbol. Greater than of our Christian love and friends in unity. Mrs. Clarice, Chris, Dixon passed away on October 29, 2010. She was a resident of Upper Marlboro, MD. She kept the boys in line and provided wise counsel to many. Trisha Bond posted on February 20, 2012, she was my favorite teacher and took the time to understand what we were going through at that age, 6th, 8th grade. We were hard to handle, but she handled us with grace and understanding each and every time. Students' last day of school at Mount Calvary will be Friday, June 10th. Many of us are praying that before then, we will get word of some special events regarding a proper closing and farewell to a school that has provided so much to so many for so long. Some have suggested a tour of the campus, several would like to see some of the school groups reunite, Mary Mundell Boyce mentioned that it would be great to get an alumni group together to perform the school song and record it for posterity, Frank Antonio, Kevin Basilico, Erica Bursaquat, Melissa Davey, Michelle Lamare, O'Brien and Hubby Jim, list goes on. I believe this very well could be doable with a set date time and place, and I would help identify the videographer slash audiographer. And finally, a huge thank you to those who cared enough on October 23, 2008, to create the Mount Calvary Catholic School Alumni Forestville, MD Facebook Public Group Administrators, Sharon Messina, Anna Sullivan Warren, Stephanie Kalnoskislang, Chloe Eversummy, Ralph Edward Williams II, and Rob Malouf. So much of what I have included here, I originally gleaned from members' posts to this site. It's alive and going stronger than ever especially since the closing of Mount Calvary School's notice there. Meanwhile, I hope that each of you will read and share this post and take time to add your thoughts and comments here for posterity. Thanks for letting me ramble.